more often. I don't know about you guys, but I was also thoroughly enjoying listening to what they were talking about and as they're sharing. If we could maybe turn me down a little bit, that'd be good. Um, really, some couple of things that were really cool from my vantage point. I loved the fact that the pregnancy center had a training opportunity for dads. I just think that's totally cool. How often would you think of a pregnancy center having a training opportunity for dads? I wouldn't have thought that way. So I think that's really, really cool. Each one of the kids said, this is one of the stress things that's kind of been in me, one of those things that's been stretching me and and challenging me. What a great opportunity to be stretched. Now, do you notice, and maybe you've noticed this in your journey. I've noticed this definitely in my journey. It's not often during the easy times that growth happens in my life. It's through the tension points of time that growth happens in my life. It's through those tension points that God is kind of touching things and poking things and bringing my awareness to things that I need to work on and grow on. So it's really, really cool that, that God is doing that. And it seems like that happens every mission trip, right? Every time you go on this mission trip, you find yourself in this little cauldron of, of stress and there's wonderful things that are taking place, but also challenging things that are taking place. I also personally love that I was seeing some familiar things. So the Patterson Falls were kind of cool and, and seeing, seeing that. But they also climbed a mountain behind where I lived. So that was kind of cool. So when you looked at that one section, they were kind of looking off into, the, off into the distance. I grew up looking at that. And so that was kind of cool to see some of the spot where I grew up. That, w- that was High Point Monument, which is the when the state comes to this point, it's right there, <laughs> right at the tippy-tippy top, which is really kind of cool. So guys, thank you, and I'm thank you for sharing today, but I also want to say thank you for going and being willing to let God work in you and stretch you and challenge you, because that's huge, and that's great. So thanks. Well, this morning, I want us to jump into Habakkuk chapter 3, and as we have been looking at Habakkuk and talking about the things that God has been doing And as we've been wrestling through or following Habakkuk's wrestling match with God, he now responds to the things that God has been saying. So just let's review for a quick second. Habakkuk starts out and saying, God, I am... I want you to work, but there's so much going on here that's so horrible. There, there's, there's rebellion, there's disobedience, there's defiance, there, there's a lack of mercy, there's a lack, not a lack of mercy, a lack of compassion, a lack of, a lack of willingness to walk with you, an unwillingness to know you, there's injustice, there's wrong things going on. God, I want you to work and I want you to transform. God, you need to do something about this. And God says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm sending the Babylonians, these horrible, terrible people that are going to come and crush the nation of Judah. And they're going to take the nation of Judah into captivity. And, and so Habakkuk goes, what do you mean? How can you do that? And what are you going to do? And, and how can this this take place? And how does this reside? I want to see people repent. And I want to see, just as the kids are saying, frustration that the kids that came to camps this year heard great messages and heard great things about what God was doing, but they didn't see some of the kids respond to the gospel this year, and they wanted to see kids respond to the gospel. Next year, maybe some of those kids will. They 
reminds them to pray for those kids. And the great news is some of those day camps will continue and some of those relationships will continue with the other leaders. And one of the things that we get the opportunity to do is we get the opportunity to sow the seed. We don't always get the opportunity to reap. But sowing and and speaking truth into the lives of kids with the hope and the expectation that one day these kids are going to respond to Jesus. Really, really cool. Now, Habakkuk responded and said, God, what are you doing sending Babylon? And God said, I want you to understand, there's going to be a response, that I am going to deal with Babylon. And we finished looking at that last week as we looked at some of the woes that was going to come on the nation of Babylon and also on those who have acted like Babylon. And then today, Habakkuk responds again. And I want, you to, I want us to take some time to think through and process through a little bit of Habakkuk's response. I'm going to at least deal with verses 1 and 2. I think we'll maybe get down to, to verses 3 through 6, but we'll see how time goes. But we'll at least get to verses 1 and 2. Now, the, as you read the verses, this is how it goes. It says, a prayer of the, of the prophet Habakkuk, according to Shiloh. Shiganath, I guess that's how I should say it, according to Shiganath. Now, Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. Now, here's one of the things that I have fun doing periodically. And if you could see my computer screen, it would look a little bit different than your Bible. By the way, you know what struck me also as, a, as our young people are giving their report? How the generations change. Did any of you notice that? Yes! Most of them were looking at their phone. Now, they weren't playing games, they weren't chatting, but they had notes on their phone. Sometimes when you see our kids standing places and doing stuff on their phone, they're not all just playing. Now, maybe often they are, but they were looking at their phone and looking at notes. It was kind of cool how, how the days change and the generations change and, and all of that kind of moves on. It's, it, it's not like how it was back in the day. And you want to know something? That's okay. You know, it's okay that it's not like it was back in the day. The days have changed, things have moved, and that's okay. It's kind of cool. Now, the difference is only one of them would have been able to tell you what they were thinking if the batteries died. (laughs) Very cool. All right. So what you don't see on my screen is I have a bunch of different translations, and I have a number of really good translations. So I have the CSB, which is what we have been reading from, but I have the English Standard Version, which is a very good translation we've used at at different times. I have the NET, the New English Translation, which comes mostly out of Dallas. So I have the New Living Translation, and then I have the NIV 1984. All of these are very good translations. But one of the things that's kind of fun and kind of interesting as you look and read different translations is you catch nuance. Now, one of the things I want you to recognize is you can be confident as you're opening your Bible and reading, whichever translation you're using, that you're getting a good translation. You're getting a good representation of what the Word of God says and and what the prophet Habakkuk had written. But one of the cool things in this whole thing is that sometimes Others kind of have a sense of nuance that's a different 
slightly perspective. Have any of you ever gone to another country and you've listened and you've, you've maybe spoken and someone translates for you? Would you just wave at me? Okay, a couple. So I had an opportunity a number of years ago to go down to Mexico. We had our, our, our church when we were in Minnesota was on this mission trip and Joan and I went down with Daniel and Brian and we were down at Mexico and the pastor asked me to speak for the Sunday message. And so he then translated for me and now here's speaking in that kind of environment is kind of different. So you kind of, as, as in, in the regular things of life, you try and kind of get in the flow and you talk and you move and you, uh, you watch me at different times I move around, I say this, I say that and, and you just kind of keep on going. But when you're speaking and someone's translating for you, you got to say a few things, then you stop and they translate, and then you say a few more things, and you, it's not just all at the same time. If it was all at the same time, it'd be gibberish. So, I would say something, I would walk up and I'd go, it is, I'm really glad to be here today. Now, I'm really glad to be here today. Quick. In the trend, I'm not going to speak Spanish, but the translator go da 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 and sometimes people use this many words, and there's just sometimes a different flavor and nuance as to what they're communicating. And you kind of sit, you can't do it at the time, but you're kind of sitting there saying to yourself, what else is he saying? <laughs> Mr. Brown is really glad to be here. I apologize that he didn't dress it the right way, or I'm apologizing, you know, what else are you saying, you know? I'm, I'm, I know I didn't say all of that, Right? But then the crazy thing is, then you'll say something, it's like this long. He'll go, go, ba da 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 And you're just saying to yourself, wait a second, I said way more than that. <laughs> okay, so this is the fun part then of coming back to different translations. Because as different translations are speaking, they're taking the same text. So they're say, taking the same Hebrew text as Habakkuk wrote, and they're translating that slightly differently because there's different nuances that they might carry from the text that are sometimes kind of fun to hear and to kind of work through. So we're going to do that a little bit today. So let's go back to verse 2. It says, Lord, I have heard, I've heard the report about you, Lord. I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. And I'm just going to kind of go across the ESV, NET, NLT, NIV, and then come back to the CSB. The ESV says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O Lord. I fear in the midst of, these, of the years, I fear in the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Now, it's not too far off, but it's a little off. It's a little different. Slightly different angle. How about the NET? Lord, I have heard the report of what you did. I am awed, Lord. 
by what you accomplished in our time, repent those deeds. Um, you know, I missed the period. So, I, I'll start again. I'm finding this morning, my eyes are not working as well as I want. Normally, I can see this really good, and it's not quite as clear. So, the joy of age. Lord, I have heard the report of what you did. I am awed, Lord, by what you accomplished. Period. In our time, repeat those, those deeds. In our time, reveal them again. But when you cause turmoil, remember to show us mercy. Now, still saying the same thing, but slightly flavored. So we read over here, da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. little bit slightly different. How about the NLT? I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. Now again, they're all saying the same thing, but they're all kind of tilting the facet of the diamond a slightly different way. There's just a slight different filter as each looks. The NIV. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. And then we come back again to the CSB. Lord, I have heard the reports about you, Lord. I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. number of things I want to encourage you to think about. Some things to do, some things to take into account. Number one, I want you to recognize the listening differently. We need to learn to listen differently. And Habakkuk was listening differently than others. As he says here, he says, Lord, I have heard the report about you. And as we looked at each one of these different translations, they identify the hearing component. Now here's what I want you to understand, and here's what's really important. Habakkuk was listening and remembering. But there were others that weren't listening. Now, we had a a fun event the other morning. So we've moved, as you all know. Twice now, the entire complex, the alarm system has gone off. So it's been interesting. And about a week and a half, two weeks ago, the alarm system went off again. Only this time, it was just in our apartment. Now, what we think it was is we went to get something out of the cupboard, we leaned against the stove and slightly tipped one of the knobs on the stove a little bit, maybe a little bit of gas leaked out, maybe it was a battery, I don't know. But, here's the reality. Earplugs in, sound asleep. Brian starts knocking on the door, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, the alarm is going off, the alarm is going off. Someone else was listening differently than me. 
I wasn't listening for the alarm, wasn't hearing the alarm, wasn't paying attention to the alarm. And I didn't want to hear an alarm. But he heard differently. We have the ability at times to tune our hearing. To listen. Habakkuk was willing to tune his ears to hear God. To listen. He didn't put earplugs in and have a a mute ear. A silent ear. We need to learn to listen differently. And Habakkuk is in his culture. He's in his country. He's in his community. And as he's crying out to God, he's seeing the things that are going on around him. It grieves his heart. And as he cries out to God, he remembers and God reveals himself. But he's also listening. But all around him in his community, all around him in the nation of Judah, are many who are not listening at all. We need to listen to the voice of God. We need to listen to the things that God has said. It's important to listen. The next thing that goes on in this whole conversation, I have heard the report about you. I stand in awe of your deeds. Be amazed. Be amazed. Habakkuk was amazed. We lose amazement easy. We see it, we see it again. Done that already. Joan and I watched some of the Olympics, and during one of those commercials, played over and over during the Olympics was this Olympic swimmer who was adopted by American parents. And in that whole account, you realize that she lost her legs. She had to have her legs amputated, and, but she was a swimmer. And, and she learned to live life without her legs. And as you heard a little bit of her story, she kind of felt like how this is, life is unfair. And, and then she discovered swimming and discovered sports, and she's very competitive. And it transformed her life. But we have a tendency to look at these things and and we see things and we lose amazement quickly. A number of years ago, I had the... One of the things my folks did for us is they showed us the country and they allowed us to travel around and see amazing parts of our country. And that's one of the things I wanted to give back to my kids as well. One of the things that I said, boy, this is one of those things I want to replicate and one of the things I want to do. But do you ever wonder, the people who are always around the giant sequoias, or the people who always work around the rim of the Grand Canyon, or the people who are always working in Yellowstone, How often do they start to lose sight and lose awe? It struck me that some of the pictures that they took were looking across the vista of distance. I'm not sure if that was looking towards the Vernon Valley Great Gorge area or if that was looking back over towards um, the Delaware. 
up there you primarily have two significant vistas off of High Point Mountain. And you look north or you look south. And how often is it that people who pass by and see these beautiful things all the time, it becomes mundane, routine. I've seen it already. And Habakkuk is coming back and he's saying, God, I want to look at you and be amazed. I don't want to have my gaze looking at you and my interaction with you continuing to be mundane. Oh, it's God talking. Uh, Press the alarm, roll over, go back to sleep for a little longer. God, I know you're calling, but God, I'm busy right now. I've got some other stuff. God, listen, I know you're trying to get my attention, but the dog needs to get walked. God, I know you're trying to have my attention right now, but I got to get some gas in the car. God, I know you're trying to get my attention, but you know, I just kind of get, I got to get breakfast together and I got to get lunch together because then I got to go to work. God, I, I know you're trying to get my attention, but fill in the blank. What is it that we put into our lives that distracts us and takes us away from focusing in? Why? Because we've lost awe. We've lost this sense of amazement that the fashioner and creator of the universe, the maker and fashioner of all things, wants to interact with us, is calling us to himself and wants to build into our lives his presence and wants to shape us and mold us so that we can walk with him and know him. Now, the nation of Israel, they lost their awe. God was so yesterday. He wasn't even yesterday. He was last week, last month, last year. He doesn't even trend anymore. Be amazed. Don't lose your awe. And Habakkuk came back and he says, I stand in awe. Don't lose sight of the amazingness of who God is and of what God has done. Revive your work in these years. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. But let's just focus in. Revive your work. You see that third spot there? Reveal your work in me through me and around me. Do you think Habakkuk was saying, God, revive your work. I'm going to sit back over here. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to relax. I'm going to take a siesta. In about an hour, I'm going to kind of get up and, God, I want to see what you've done. No. He was crying out because he wanted God to work. And I think he was crying out because he was seeking to be actively engaged. You've got you to understand, if you guys want God to do stuff, you also need to be willing to volunteer to be used by God to see that stuff done. You need to be willing to say, okay, God, please do these things, and I'm volunteer number one. Please use me. God, I want to see my family reach for you. And we pray for God that, pray to God that we ask God to help our family to be reached. God, reach my family. Help my family to know Jesus. 
the response then should be, okay, God, then also please use me to be a conduit through which that message could be heard. Not, God, please use my family, but, God, I'm busy right now. If you could find someone else to kind of fill in and to do that, that would be really helpful. Or, God, I want you to help me. God, I'd really love to see my neighbors and my community reach for Christ. God, our community needs Jesus like crazy. God, bring revival, bring renewable, change people's hearts and lives. But God, I'm busy for the next month and a half, so if you could kind of start and find someone else to kind of fill in and do that, that would be really helpful. That's not Habakkuk's attitude. Habakkuk's attitude is, God, I want you to bring revival, but he's been, as he's in crown, he's also saying, I'm willing to be one of the ones you're using to do that. Are you willing to be used by God to do the things you're asking him to do? Are you volunteer number one? Make it known in these years. He responds, God reveal it. Make it known. Reveal it. Show it. Let people see it. Let people be able to taste it. Let people be able to experience it. Reveal it. In this last part, in your wrath, remember mercy. Please show mercy. We need to remember what mercy is. And I won't go on to the next verses. But we need to remember what mercy is. Grace is when God gives us what we do not deserve. Mercy is when God withholds what we do deserve. Now, we've been going through chapters 1 and 2 of Habakkuk. There is a lot that people deserve. The nation of Israel deserves the judgment of God. The nation of Israel has turned their back on God. They have kicked God to the curb. They've had no space, no time, no interest, no desire for things of God. They have chased after their idols. They have chased after their own life purposes. They've chased after their own desires. They have chased after all sorts of other things. They have had no time for God. Their wrath, their judgment is is ripe. It's 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 like when you go out to the garden and there's a tomato that's ready to fall off the vine. It's so red and juicy and it just lands in your hand and you can't wait to go inside to slice it up and eat it. Well, the wrath of God for the nation of Israel, they are like that ripe, ripe, ripe tomato. It's ready to be plucked. It's almost jumping off the vine because they have been running from God and being defiant against God. And the judgment is just so ready to be plucked. And God is about ready to pluck that area of justice and bring judgment on the nation of Israel. And Habakkuk is saying, Lord, remember mercy. As you pluck the ripeness and the readiness for judgment, in that process of bringing judgment, remember mercy. Remember mercy. 
Now, I want to just drop down to that very last verse, and I want to go back to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, in that very last part. And we've talked about this, and we've identified that Habakkuk chapter 2, in the very end, verse 4, is kind of the theme verse for the, for the book. And as we look at it, this is what it says. But the righteous one will live by his faith. You know what's cool to me? It was taking place in Habakkuk's life. He's cried out to God in concern. He's cried out to God in angst. And God has answered. And God gave an answer that distressed him. He then cried out in confusion. He cried out in concern. And God identified how he was going to deal with those who would bring hurt and harm to the nation of Israel. And as Habakkuk is processing all of this, what's really cool to me is that that theme verse is kicking in in his life. Again, just read it again. But the righteous one will live by faith. What's he doing? He's setting himself in. He's, and as we talked about this a couple weeks ago, he's leaning into God. He's resting in the promises of God. Not everything he understands, but he said, okay, God, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to trust you. God, I want to see you differently, and I want to represent you differently. And God, I want to be engaged. And God, I want you to reveal yourself. But as I do that, God, I'm leaning into you. I'm resting in you. I'm trusting you as you do what you're going to do. Guys, as we get ready to head out, how are you leaning into and resting in God? How are you trusting him? As we see life and things swirl around us, but also as we seek to engage our Lord in the journey that we are in. Now, part of Habakkuk's desire, he was choosing to listen differently, wasn't he? He was choosing to remember, and he was choosing to listen. That's part of how he walked by faith, and that's part of how he leaned in. He chose amazement, and he chose awe, and he chose to step back and re-look and re-see and rethink about the amazing things that God has done and the amazing ways that God has revealed himself. And he has chosen to, to back off the yawn. And he's chosen to re-engage with amazement the things that God has done and to celebrate in that. He's asked God to reveal, recognizing that he was going to be a key part of the revealing process. That's living by faith. God, I'm frustrated, but God, I'm also going to lean in and I'm going to continue to speak. I'm going to continue to share. I'm going to continue to point. I'm going to continue to call. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to go home in a, in a fuss, in aggravation, and hang up my spurs and not ride a horse again. I'm going to get back on. I'm going to go. I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to continue to represent you all around me. And he continues to pray. He prays that God would be revealed to the people around him, and he cries out to God for mercy. 
His response was a response of faith. He's leaning in. But there's tangible ways that he's choosing to lean in. And as we talk about leaning in here, how do you want to lean in? Here are five examples of how Habakkuk tangibly leaned in. What's it mean for you to lean in to Christ, to lean in and trust God for your journey today? Let's pray. Fathers, we think through these issues of Habakkuk's life. And fathers, we think through the challenge of what it means for us to trust you and to follow you. And as we think of what it means to live in a period of time in history that is confusing and challenging and tiring and aggravating. And and when we wake up similarly to Habakkuk and we say, God, what are you doing and, and how come? Father, I would ask that you would build into us a similar response that Habakkuk had, that desire to see you, to trust in you, to lean in on you, and not try to control all the circumstances, but to rest in your hand, to rest in your work, and to rest in your promises. Father, I ask these things that you would do this in us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. I would encourage you this morning as you're you're thinking about how to, to apply what you've heard, that you would ask God to, to do three things. One, that you would ask him to give you new eyes that you might see differently, that you might see what he's trying to do in your life. Second, I would encourage you to ask God to give you new ears that you might hear a little bit differently. And finally, I would ask that you would ask God to give you a new mouth, a new tongue, that you might declare his mightiness, his greatness, his glory, as you've seen it, as you remember it, as you've heard it, and that you might ask him to do again what he's done throughout history, and maybe for the first time, what he might be doing in your life. If you're here with us this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if that's the step you need to take this morning, I would encourage you um, to, to go ahead and do that. To say, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I don't live up to your standards, but I trust what you did on the cross and, and I want to, by faith, live for you. I want to, by faith, trust your Son as my Lord and Savior. And if you do that this morning, I would encourage you to come talk to uh, to Connor, to Pastor Andrew, to me after the service. We'd love to have that conversation with you. In a moment, we're going to take our offering. It'll come from the back forward as it usually does. And as the plates pass your row, I'd encourage you to stand and sing one last song with me. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father God, we want to be people who remember We want to see the things that you've done throughout history. We don't want to just kind of blow by them. We want to remember and and hear the things that, that, 
you have done. And Father, we want to be people who take in and with our lips proclaim your greatness and and proclaim that we are going to live by faith and, and ask you to do again what you've done throughout history, the way that you have proven yourself uh, faithful, the way that you have proven yourself strong and mighty, the way that you have proven yourself to be God. And Father, I ask that you would help us to do those things today. I would ask that you would help us to quiet ourselves uh, today, to, to, to listen, to see, and to be ready to respond. Father, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have of giving back to you right now. We don't do this because we must. We do this because we desire to, because we desire to know that all that we have comes from you. That it's lent to us for your purposes. And so, Father, as we give, we ask you'd help us to give with joyful hearts. We ask that you would bless what's given, that you would multiply, and that you would use it for the furtherance of this message of the greatness of our God and his great love for us, that we might take that message and take it to the streets and to the world, that many might come to know Jesus. We pray this in his name.